Welcome to the Thriving in the Kingdom podcast with me, Vincent Kodongo. This is a place where you learn how to operate with optimal fruitfulness in the kingdom of heaven through the application of its principles. We have been speaking about the path of purpose, and last week we introduced the fifth stage, which is the season of testing. Just to give you a recap of the stages, the first is divine for knowledge and predestination. The second is divine strategic positioning for formation. The third is progressive revelation of your purpose. The fourth is training for your kingdom assignment. And today we continue with the fifth stage, which we started last week. That's a season of testing, which we also uh, say that is also called the wilderness season or the silent season or the, the waiting room just because of the nature of what you encounter during this season. I'd like you to know that the wilderness season will stretch you beyond your limits. It will not only test your limits in terms of to to where you can reach, but it will take you beyond the limits because God is stretching you, is enhancing your capacity, your character, your worldview, your fruitfulness, with the things that you you were formed during the, the season of training. So now he's testing and pushing you to the limits, to the capacity, the dimension that he wants you to operate in. And so from today's episode, we are going to be speaking about uh, uh, various tests that you go through, the tests that you go through during the wilderness season. And there are quite a number. There are at, uh, more than 10. So today we're going to speak about uh, probably four of them. And the first test that you go through, uh, uh, no, they're not necessarily in this se- sequence, but the first test that you're going to mention that you go through in the wilderness season or the season of testing is the obedience test. <clears throat> the obedience test. If you look at the scriptures, uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2, the scripture says, it says, Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you will keep his commands. So you realize that among other things that God was testing them, he said that to test whether or not they will keep his commands. These are the Israelites going through the wilderness for those uh, uh, for those. Uh, years, those 40 years in the wilderness. Uh, We also see in the case of Abraham uh, in Genesis chapter 22 from verse 1 the scripture says, it says, sometime later God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. You see, so it was a test for Abraham. It was not an accident. It was a test. Uh, So God, God was testing his capacity to submit to his will. And Abraham, knowing that God had had already uh, spoken about uh, uh, through Isaac, would come the nations that he would make him the father of many nations because Isaac was a child of the promise. Ishmael was not the child of the promise. What happened is that uh, he believed, if you read the book of Hebrews chapter 11, it says that figuratively speaking, Abraham received Isaac from the dead because he believed uh, 
that God will raise him from the dead. He reasoned because God had made the promise that he was going to go, that is through Isaac that he was going to <coughs> to that he was going to cause him to be the father of many nations. But you see at this stage you realize that it's a it's it's something that this was the Abraham had waited for a child for 25 years. And then now God comes in and tells him that this uh, this child, this son whom you love, not even Ishmael, this son Isaac, take him and go and sacrifice him to him. And Abraham obeyed. And when he obeyed, God swore that he was going to be a descendant of many nations, that his descendants would be as numerous as the sand on the seashore, and they'll take possession of the cities of their enemies, and all nations will be blessed through them. You can read the whole story in Genesis chapter 22. Then you also see, you also see, you also see uh, <coughs> concerning this obedience test that this test <coughs> is meant to ensure that you will submit to the will of God or and obey his instructions at all times regardless of the prevailing circumstances. It's preparing for where you are going in your assignment that you will be, that when God gives instruction in your assignment you will be obedient. So you have been trained to obey God. You have been taught about obedience. But now you are tested to ensure that you are, uh, are been conditioned <coughs> to be obedient to God fully. God will, will give you instructions. During this season of testing, he will give you instructions that seem very difficult, but he will expect you to, or to comply with them fully. Partial obedience is disobedience. You realize this in uh, Acts chapter 5 uh, concerning the story of Ananias and Sapphira. They went and sold land and then they came and lied to the apostles. Uh, they hid part of the money and they lied that, uh, that uh, this was the whole amount. And because of that it costed them their life because they lied to the Holy Spirit in that uh, case, in their case. <clears throat> so you see that was partial obedience. It was disobedience. <clears throat> Uh, the fulfillment of your purpose will require absolute obedience to God. And you see illustrations of this from in the case of Esther. In the book of Esther, you find that uh, you, you find that uh, Esther was, a, was a, to appear before the king to ask for uh, to intervene in terms of in the case of the Jews when Haman was plotting to kill them. And uh, she hesitated the first time until Mordecai urged her on and told her that she may not be spared even if uh, she's in the in the king. That is that 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 probably who knows that she why she has come to the kingdom as such for such a time as this. So you realize in this case that uh, that it required full obedience to execute her assignment of delivering the Jews by having been positioned in that strategic uh, place in the palace as the queen. We see uh, <coughs> Jonah in the course of execution of his assignment. He was given an instruction, but he rebelled. He disobeyed God uh, until God had to compel uh, him to uh, fulfill the assignment as a prophet to Nineveh. Uh, you see also Jesus struggling in the, in, uh, to give his life uh, by going to the cross at the Garden of the Gethsemane. He was praying and fasting. Uh, not praying, not fasting, but praying. He prayed like three times, uh, asking the Father, if it be possible, let this cup be removed from me. But nevertheless, not your will, but 
are, but your will be done. So he prayed, he battled, there was a wrestling of the wills. So you will experience in the wilderness season a wrestling of the wills because of the obedience test. Because you know the will of God versus your will. God presents to you his will, but you have your own ideas. Uh, so, and you see that, as you have seen uh, in the case of Esther, John, and Jesus, uh, there was a there was a, uh, a necessity of having a full obedience in the course of execution of the assignment. You will also need that in your assignment, and you should remember also that <coughs> King Saul lost his throne, his kingship, because of disobedience, partial obedience. He he he. he he refused to kill the king of Agag and spared the sheep. And God said uh, through Samuel that obedience is better than sacrifice. So there's no substitution for obedience. And it's not even partial. It has to be full. It has to be wholehearted based on God's instructions. I remember sometime, uh, I think it must have been about 2011 when the Lord instructed me to uh, the Holy Spirit just spoke to me and gave, instructed me to release my car to our church at the time. And uh, when I, I did so, the good thing is that by that time, having gone through the wilderness many years before, I had learned the obedience test and, and passed it. And so I'd learned to be able to release in terms of issues of resources and other instructions that God gave me. So I, I, I just... Uh, I planned for when I would go to and give it and, and I went on a particular day in the church compound uh, and uh, when I gave the, the car the senior pastor told me that uh, the, that week they had been praying as a group of pastors uh, for one of the pastors who, who uh, uh, to have a car because he lived very far and, uh, and uh, therefore he was asking me whether there's a particular way in which I wanted this car to be used. I just say that for me, God just put it in my heart uh, to give the car. And I know the voice of the Holy Spirit. Some people doubt the God speaking to them or some people are hesitant to say that God told you. But you see, when you have had a voice for many years, for more than a decade or more than decades, you know, I mean, the Holy Spirit is somebody I've listened to for more than three decades now. So I know his voice. So what happened is, uh, what happened is that uh, I... Uh, uh, hearing the voices one stage, but there is another stage of obeying the will of God. Some people want to hear God's voice, but they are not obedient to God's voice. So what's the use of God speaking to you and giving instructions if you are not going to obey him? Some people, even the written word already has instructions, but you don't obey them. So why should the Holy Spirit give you specific instructions on what you need to do for yourself? So you will need that kind of instruction. So I was able to give it because... Uh, I had already passed that test. It requires death to self, to surrender in that sense. And God has also given me certain instructions about that, even in terms of giving large amounts of money or taking certain steps uh, in accordance with his in its uh, in accordance with his requirements. And I had to do it by obeying fully, not limiting, uh, not limiting uh, it or modifying the instructions. So. That's just an illustration of the obedience as you will go through it. Uh, because where you are going, God will give you instructions on what to do. God can give you uh, one million shillings and ask through somebody. And then he speaks to you and asks uh, for you to give the whole one million shillings to somebody else. 
God can ask you to leave one place and move to another. So if you have not passed the obedient test, the time when the assignment will come, you will not be able to obey God fully. The second test that uh, that I would like to discuss today is the obscurity test. <clears throat> the obscurity test, which I, I also call the insignificance test or the hiddenness test. These are the te- this is the test that you another test that you go through. Obscurity. You see, it's being away, being 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 away from a place where you're being seen. You cannot be seen. You are hidden. Insignificance is like you're not regarded as much, you know, or hiddenness. It's always the same as obedience. So uh, these are just uh, my ways of description of the test. But the principle is in scripture that obscurity or insignificance or hiddenness test. During your season of testing, this is the wilderness season, God will require you to stay away from the limelight until the appointed time for your season of manifestation. If you don't prompt, uh, follow the Spirit's prompting, the Holy Spirit will enforce it. He will orchestrate circumstances that will compel you to be obscure. <clears throat> you will uh, you will have the urge to showcase your gifts and abilities in this season to people, but God will ensure that you are ignored, overlooked, sidelined, or despised until your training and testing is over. This will help you in purifying your motives. For example, shifting your efforts from self-promotion and self-glorification to selfless service. This is this uh, test is countercultural in a world that advocates for visibility. That when you discover your gifts, when you start something, then you just want to make it public and make everybody know you. Especially in these days of uh, social media. It's countercultural. The thing is that there is a season for your manifestation. And the season of your training and testing is not for the season for your publicity, for your visibility. It's a season for obscurity, for insignificance, for hiddenness. So you'll feel insignificant. You will feel like you're hidden. And the illustrations from scripture are this that you see that Joseph served in obscurity for 13 years. First in Potiphar's house and then in prison. For quite a long time, this is 13 years after the time he had received the promise. You see, David also served in obscurity as a shepherd boy when he was a teenager. Uh, he even killed the lion and the bear in obscurity when no one was seeing, seeing him. Uh, just like you could be doing great things in obscurity and you wish that people knew and you, you wish to showcase how, how great you are, how gifted you are, maybe prophetically, how excellent you are as a teacher of the word or how excellent a business person you are or how good you are as a speaker or a singer or a gospel artist, whichever thing you, you, you're supposed to do, you feel that is your assignment. Uh, you see, David David served in obscurity uh, for that. And then about 20 years in the wilderness when Saul was chasing him. Uh, then Moses served as a shepherd under Jethro for 40 years after he had run away from Egypt and was a fugitive. He was serving now as a shepherd in the backside of the desert. That's where God found him. So God, so Moses served for 40 years as a shepherd, no one knowing him at that time. Yet he, God had planned that he was going to be the deliverer of Israel because he had been spared at birth and he had been raised strategically, as we saw in the stage of uh, the episode when I spoke about uh, the strategic positioning for formation. We saw he was raised in Egypt. 
because he was going to deliver the Israelites in Egypt later in life, but he was now in obscurity in the wilderness for 40 years. We also see Jesus, that for 18 years, Jesus was unknown. And uh, uh, that's, we see him in, when he was 12 years speaking at the, with the teachers of the law uh, at the temple. And uh, because he already had his uh, 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 sense of passion was being expressed, his, his purpose was being expressed already in seed form. But after that, we see that now from uh, when he went now and submitted to his parents uh, for those uh, as a child, you don't hear about Jesus until he's 30 years old. So in those years, he's being trained and being formed. And then also when he, when he goes to the wilderness after being filled with the Spirit, after his baptism, you see that, uh, that Jesus uh, stays in the desert for 40 days, many days, that is, without, uh, just in obscurity until the time is of his appearing. You also see John the Baptist in uh, Luke chapter 1 verse 80. You find that John the Baptist stayed in the wilderness uh, and he, he grew in spirit and he became strong in spirit uh, until the time for his manifestation, the time that he appeared to Israel. So he stayed in obscurity as he was growing and being built up. I, I like to give you an illustration <coughs> which I had from uh, uh, Tom, Thomas Bishop Thomas Dexter Jexe, the person we call T.D. Jexe, uh, who uh, in this season of the wilderness and of his preparation for his divine assignment, he used to serve in a particular church that was small. And he, had, he already knew that he had the gift of uh, uh, preaching and, of being, uh, uh, and was being formed to be a minister. But the pastor at the time, his pastor at the time, never gave him any opportunity to even preach any sermon and they'll bring people to preach in the in the in the church and uh, you just wonder at how the kind of messages that they're preaching were not impactful or they were not that insightful yet in that stage <clears throat> God ensured that he was overlooked and the kind of assignments they will give him is like to clean the baptism baptism pool carry instruments just serve in in, in things that seemed mundane and obscure and he may be taught about one or two Bible classes, but he was never given the opportunity to preach. Yet now, he's preaching uh, 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 in a manner that affects uh, us globally. And he's been doing that for many years through the ministry that is properly known as Potter's House, the Potter's House Church, you know. So you see, and, and, and through other platforms that he uses like the, the Pastors and Leadership, uh, International Pastors and Leadership Conferences, you know. So you see, the thing is that there was a season which God required him to remind the behind the scene and to just be in obscurity and hiddenness as he was being developed and formed for his assignment. The third test that I would like to speak about today is patience and endurance. The patience and endurance test. <clears throat> this is a test of faith in God's integrity and his promises to you. For example, the prophetic word over your life. For instance, you find that God spoke prophetically to Abraham that he would be the father of many nations. But he had to wait for 25 years to get Abraham, to get Isaac, his, his, uh, his son, the son, child of the promise. You also find uh, Joseph also had the same uh, prophetic dreams 
but he had to wait for 13 years before the fulfillment. So that's an example of waiting, waiting for the fulfillment of prophecy. <clears throat> or waiting for the manifestation of what it is that you believe is your purpose as, as a, a clarified to you by the Holy Spirit. You may claim that you believe in God's faithfulness, but this test, this test of the patience and endurance test, will reveal whether you truly do. You may claim to be patient, you may claim to have faith in God, but this test is one of the most difficult tests, and it will prove whether you truly have that kind of patience. The scriptures say this, in uh, Hebrews, in Romans chapter 4, concerning Abraham, Romans chapter 4, verse 18 to 21, he says, Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said, so shall your offspring be. That was a prophecy, yeah? Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. So you see, Abraham had to hold on to the promise and believing that God was able to do and just thanking God about the prophecy giving glory to God about the prophetic word until it came to pass and the scriptures uh, recounts this the author of Hebrews uh, recounts this concerning Abraham in Hebrews chapter f- 5 uh, chapter 6 Hebrews chapter 6 from verse uh, 12 to 15 he says uh, <clears throat> we do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who, through faith and patience, inherit what has been promised. When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so, after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. You see, the scripture is telling, is telling us that we should imitate those who through faith and patience uh, inherit what has been promised. And then he gives Abraham as an illustration. He says that after he had waited patiently, he received what had been promised. That was about 25 years of waiting. It's not a joke. You may not have to wait that long sometimes, but who knows how long? Only God knows how long you will need to wait because of the nature of your assignment and because of the need to form faith in within you to, to just ensure that you, are, that you become a person of faith, a person who is strong in your faith. <clears throat> Another illustration of a person who had to wait was Joseph. Huh? And, uh, from the scriptures, we see in Psalms 105, the author of the psalmist recounting this uh, story of Joseph, it says uh, some from Psalms 105 uh, from verse 16, it says uh, concerning God, it says, he called down famine on the land and destroyed all their, supp- all their supplies of food and he sent a man before them Joseph sold as a slave they bruised his feet with shackles his neck was put in irons 
till what he foretold came to pass, till the word of the Lord proved him true. The king sent and released him. The ruler of the of people set him free. He made him master of, of his household, ruler over all he possessed, to instruct his princess as he pleased, and teach his elders wisdom. The scripture I want you to, the, the verse I want you to focus on in Psalms 105, verse 19, he says, Till what he foretold came to pass, till the word of the Lord proved him true. So he had to wait many years until the prophetic word over his destiny came to pass. It seemed he had given a, a prophetic revelation of his dream when he shared it with his brothers and his uh, mother and father. And they did not believe in the brothers, in fact, became jealous of him and sold him. But the word was fulfilled eventually. After 13 years of refining and of uh, being formed and being trained and being tested in patience and endurance. In this season of testing, you will wait for the fulfillment of the prophecy or the promise over, over your life huh? until it appears as though what you are trusting God for will never happen. You will, have, you will get to that place. So if you're in that place now, know that you're in the right place. If God gave put in your hand uh, 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 as has uh, uh, spoken over your life prophetically or uh, from the scriptures you can see the principle that relates to your situation and you know that that's what the because the script the Bible is a prophetic book you know that this is uh, the what God speaks about uh, concerning such situations so you love to trust God to hold on for that fulfillment of the prophecy of the, the according to scripture or as uh, given by the Holy Spirit directly to you or through a prophet However, the faith and confidence in God that you develop from this test will be a great asset in the execution of your future kingdom assignments, in the execution of your kingdom assignment in future. Because maybe where you are going, you are going to need to hold on and to believe God. While other people are giving up, you are going to pray and pray. And I'm reminded of a story of a, a man of God called George Muller. People call him uh, in history like... Uh, George Muller, man of faith. He ran an orphanage uh, uh, without ever uh, asking for donations. And he just prayed. And people would send money even from other parts of the world in mil in, in lots of money uh, for that, which will be millions of dollars if you compare today. Uh, uh, if you convert it to today using the inflation rates from the time he lived to today. Uh, and one of the things that known was not, George Muller was known for is as a man of <coughs> persistence in prayer. And you can search for this story in the internet. You find that uh, he, he, he used to pray for a number of people around him and his friends to get born again, to accept Jesus Christ as their personal savior. And he prayed for a number of them and he prayed until they get born again. And there's only one person who had not gotten uh, uh, born again, who had not accepted Jesus Christ as their personal savior. So what happened is that George Muller prayed and prayed every day for him for 63 years. And he said that this person is going to get born again for 63 years. Can you imagine 63 years? So if you go through the patience and endurance test, it helps you to have that kind of way, the, the capacity to believe God. So he hold, he held on to God to, 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 to in faith that God had the capacity to bring this person to, to Christ. And this person, George Muller died before this person gave his life to Christ. However, this person gave his life to Christ at the funeral of George Muller. So the prayer was answered. 
but where did George Muller get that kind of patience and endurance to hold on to the word of God, to hold on to God's capacity to deliver this person? It's because of if you are a person who has gone through the patience and endurance test, you are going to be able to be useful in such kind of assignments. Maybe God wants you to use you as an intercessor to take over a city or a nation or a continent or a sector or a family or in or, or something that uh, whatever it is in whichever area that God wants you to hold on and to trust him for transformation uh, uh, not just in prayer but just waiting and holding on and applying the principles until it works in that sphere and not to give up and not to abandon that if you go through the patience and endurance test you will have grown to that capacity of faith and confidence in God. And so you'll be able to be trusted with that, those kinds of assignments that God predestined you to undertake. The fourth kind of uh, test that you go through is the offense test. The offense test, which I can also call the love and, for, uh, the love and forgiveness test. The love and forgiveness test. You can also call it the betrayal test. Uh, but it's the offense test. The love or the love and of forgiveness test. So God will allow someone in this season of testing, God will allow someone or people around you, some people around your group of people to offend you in a manner that will justify unforgiveness from a human point of view. Yet, God will require, he will require you to completely forgive the person or persons and love them unconditionally as Jesus would. Because the Bible says, love your enemy. Jesus says, so love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. In Matthew chapter 5. That's the biblical standard. That's the standard of the kingdom in terms of character and values. So, therefore, it is a, a, this is one of the tests that you will go through. And it often constitutes betrayal of trust. So you'll have somebody who's close to you, a friend, a family member, a colleague, or a community you have trusted, uh, a certain sphere in which you exist. You will find that uh, a God will allow this to happen. You may find that betrayal of trust will happen. Somebody cannot betray you, until you unless you trust them. And this is, I would say, according to me, this is probably the most difficult test in the wilderness season because it challenges the core of self because self has to do with your interests. So your interest is that you are wronged and this person needs to acknowledge that they are wrong and that they did you and they need to apologize and they need to make up for the truth to, to, to restitute, to have restitution for whatever they did. But God requires you according to his scripture to forgive them fully and not to revenge and not to hate them. See, so this is a very difficult test. So it's because it's, it goes to the, it challenges the core of self and runs deep into our emotions. It goes into the heart. And there are very many people who harbor unforgiveness for one person or the other. If you, you can do a sample and ask several people, your friends or family members or churches, every time that people are asked about this, these questions about whether they hold a grudge or they have not forgiven someone, they're struggling with forgiving someone, there is normally at least 70% of the people who's raised that. So this is one of the most difficult tests in the wilderness season. 
In fact, you may suffer greatly because of the actions and words of the offender. And that causes you to think that it's justified for you not to forgive the person or to hate them or to fight them or to revenge. Yeah. And the illustrations of people went through this, this in scripture is Joseph. Joseph was betrayed by his own brothers. His brothers, the ones who were from the same family, they sold him as a slave. They, in fact, they planned to kill him. They sold him as a slave and he suffered in Egypt as a slave. And even uh, uh, because of his brothers. And he had not done anything wrong. He had just shared the prophetic revelation of his destiny. We also find that uh, that uh, he was also framed for attempted rape by Potiphar's wife who wanted to sleep with him. So he was framed, something he did not do. You can imagine if you are accused for something you did not do. There are people who can be accused for something you did and people hate you for that and they, they, they turn away from you because of that. And you may also feel bad about it and not forgive them. Feel like you shouldn't forgive them, but you should. But in this case of Joseph, is he never attempted to rape Potiphar's wife, but Potiphar's wife uh, framed him. And for that reason, he went to prison. He was sent to prison. And he had not done anything about it. Even the person who was supposed to help him to get out of his prison, the person who interpreted his dream, uh, forgot about him for two years. He would have also held, held a grudge for that. That surely I interpreted my, uh, uh, the dream for this person and the dream came true and this person forgot me. You see? So you could have been a bitter person, but he forgave. David was also being hunted by King Saul on account of jealousy. King Saul was jealous because the women started singing. Saul has killed his, th his thousands, David has killed his tens of thousands. And, and so King Saul became a fraud of David because he thought that David was going to be given the throne. He did not even know that David had already been anointed as the next king of Israel. So you find that uh, David was innocent. He could have attacked Saul and killed him. He could have revenged. But he remained a man of integrity. We also see Jesus. Jesus was betrayed by Judas, one of his disciples, who had seen the miracles, had seen, knew that he was a Christ, and all those things that they had seen. He was close, within close proximity. I shared the things that they, they only shared to the disciples, the apostles, uh, who were being raised. Judas was there, yet he sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. So somebody close to you. Jesus was also crucified by the Jews. and this, But instead of... Uh, asking for the wrath of God. He said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. You also see that Job, Job uh, was mocked by his friends when he was going through his test. They mocked him. And they, if you read certain parts of Job, uh, you should uh, be careful not to quote them because some of the, those parts are parts in which the friends were speaking negatively about him. Uh, and, uh, and God was not happy about it. But you find that that the job, uh, Job's wilderness ended at a at a time when what happened is that uh, uh, Job's uh, it ended at a time when now after it's the Bible says after Job had prayed his friends prayed for his friends now God restored him and even gave him twice what he started bringing the restoration so uh, it's just like the way Jesus said that I love your enemies pray for those who persecute you he did not hold it against him as he prayed for them. 
So this test, the, the offense test, the love and forgiveness test as I call it, eh? this test will teach you not to hold grudges in future and to, to love your enemies, as the scriptures say, to pray for those who persecute you, just like Christ would or did at the cross. And uh, because unforgiveness usually blocks blessings in the spiritual realm. You see Jesus uh, speaking about, even giving uh, an illustration about uh, the way, uh, giving a para, uh, uh, an illustration about the way somebody was, uh, uh, was in, uh, uh, owed another person a small amount of money uh, and then he, he had another person uh, who owed uh, his master uh, waived quite a large amount of debt. But then he went back and then he, he did not uh, forgive the other person what the less amount of money for the, his debt. And then the master had this, he ordered for him to be arrested and put in prison until he pays the whole amount that he had been forgiven. You see, you see, it, that was to illustrate forgiveness, that, uh, that uh, if you don't forgive your people, your heavenly father will not forgive you. That's what Jesus said. See? And that's when in the Lord's, what we call the Lord's prayer, we say that uh, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Against us. God does not want us to hold grudges. If you hold a grudge, it will block your prayers. It will block the things that yeah, God wants you to, 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 to keep a pure heart. Because while you are going in your assignment, you are going to be offended by many people, individuals. You are going to be offended by family members, by friends, by colleagues. You are going to be betrayed. People are going to turn disloyal to, towards you. But you need to keep a pure, a pure heart. Not allow offense to remain in your heart. Uh, and most of the time you find that before every major elevation, there's a betrayal. You go through betrayal somehow. You go through this test especially. You go through all the tests that I'm going to, I'm mentioning in this series. Huh? But this is a test that you will always see. Somehow it always comes before you are promoted to a big, to a very high dimension. To a major promotion, a major lifting. So remember the four tests you have spoken about today. Spoken about today. This is the obedience test, the obscurity test, or the we can call it the insignificance test or the hiddenness test. There is the patience and endurance test and the offense test or the love and forgiveness test, which I said according to me, I think is the most difficult test to go through. And in conclusion, I would like you to reflect on the following, on this question. Huh? Which of the four tests that we have spoken in today's episode has been the most difficult for you? Which one of these four tests? If you have been blessed by this episode and even the series on the path of purpose, I would like you to share this podcast with a friend or family member or even on your social media platforms. If you, if that's the medium you use, all, and subscribe to the same if you haven't subscribe to this podcast uh, you can also give us feedback from the podcast platform in which you are listening to and the contacts uh, using the uh, or using the context of email or social media accounts provided in the show notes I pray that God will give you a deeper understanding as you reflect on what you have discussed today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And Merry Christmas to you. Today is 25th of uh, December 2021. 
at the time you're having this podcast, I pray that the Lord will reveal himself to you in a great way and will refresh you, will uh, have you understand Christ better, and also pray that you will develop the heart of Christ who gave gave his life for us, who forgave us for our sins, who gave his life so that we may be forgiven for all sins. God loved us and wiped away our sins. I pray that you will also extend the same love by sharing the gospel with others who have not had the same or who have not had opportunity for the same to be expressed to them in a way that would have them reflect and understand and apply it in their life by accepting it as they are accepting him as their personal savior and I also pray that even for you you will grow in Christ you will look forward to completing your assignment just as Jesus Christ completed his assignment on earth of restoring the kingdom back to earth to mankind may God bless you